This episode of the Model 3 Owners Club podcast is brought to you by Doolaban Insurance. If you live in Ontario, Canada, and are looking for the best price and coverage on your Tesla, give Doolaban a call at 1-855-385-4226 or visit our website at doolabaninsurance.com slash Tesla. Welcome back for another show. We've got some uh, interesting things to get going here. I have uh, two guests on tonight with us, as usual. We have Mr. Eric Camacho. How you doing, Eric? Doing well. Hello, everybody. Glad to see you again. And Michael Bodner is joining us again. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing well, thanks, Trev. How are you doing? I am excellent. Uh, unfortunately, Ian can't meet us because he is in San Francisco. He's on vacation, so he had a chance to see the factory, and he was at the Gigafactory today. Um, not a, not a tour of the Gigafactory, but he was out there and stuff. He tweeted some pictures, so I'm sure he'll be on the show next week and he'll be able to give us a good rundown of his little experience and some of his vacation. Uh, before we get into some of the stuff, I just want to put a little uh, public service announcement out there. Don't forget, everyone, National Drive Electric Week is starting this Saturday, and it goes from September uh, 8th to the 16th. Um, if you're interested in participating or going to one of these things, you can check out the website. It's driveelectricweek.org, and they got a beautiful map. And you can see all the different things that are happening in North America. So if you click on each one of those uh, little dots, you'll be able to see something that's a little bit close to you. So if you're interested in EVs or you're a Model 3 reservation holder and you still haven't gotten to a Model 3, you want to talk to people, maybe you want to get an experience about what's the car like, what's, uh, you know, obviously people always have questions about charging. So if you're looking at getting a Model 3 or you're expecting delivery and you just want to get some more answers, good opportunity to go out there and meet up with some people. I will be attending one here locally in Ontario, so I'll be um, in Kitchener, Ontario on the 16th, uh, no, sorry, the 15th, which is uh, not this Saturday, but the following Saturday. So if you're out in the area and you want to come out and say hi, please come out and see that. Um, which one of you guys are going to one of these? Was it Michael you were going to, uh, to one of these? Yes, I'll be at the West Palm Beach location on Saturday the 15th. Oh, excellent. Good. And uh, Eric, you're working. <laughs> I'll be at work. Okay. Well, that's the deal. So if you're out there and you want to check it out, uh, don't forget the website's uh, driveelectricweek.org and uh, find a location close to you if you're interested in checking that out. Um, I've been doing it for the last um, three years now. It's great. And now that we're an owner, I love to go out and, and talk and, and see people. So uh, again, if you're interested in EVs, uh, Tesla or otherwise, a good opportunity to see all the cars there. Having said that, let's get into some of the topics. I think uh, we're going to lead off with the big one, uh, Jana. Michael's wife ordered a Model 3. <laughs> so why don't you get in here and tell us all about it there, uh, Mike? All right. Well, yeah, very exciting. Um, before one of our shows, I think it was two weeks ago, you know, we were going back and forth really thinking about ordering it. And, and the guys, the three of them really uh, did a great job helping answer the questions, the concerns about range. What would it be like if we had two electric cars and there was a hurricane and we didn't have power? Uh, so we, we finally pulled the trigger. Uh, the big thing we were looking for was white car with the white interior to match Trev's white knight. Good man. And uh, <laughs> obviously the dual motor gets you that. And uh, we were very excited about it. And um, sure enough, actually, just a couple hours ago today, we got the email like a lot of people got saying, your car is ready for delivery in a couple weeks. So looks like we're about three weeks away from getting the car. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I've been seeing a flurry of activity all of a sudden on uh, on Twitter today. Um, even for some of our uh, compatriots here in Canada, they're finally getting some delivery dates and stuff. Uh, Tesla was oddly silent for like the longest time on this thing, and everybody's freaking out. Um, so now it's looking like uh, these emails are finally going out. So, But then again, you know, we're getting close to the end of a quarter. So, you know, <laughs> standard fare with Tesla is always pushing cars at the end of the quarter, try to get them out as, as quickly as possible. So uh, glad to see that. That's that's really awesome. Um, any and, other options you know, that she ordered with the car? So she got the uh, white on dual motor, 19-inch sport wheels, and no autopilot. No autopilot. Not yet, anyways. One autopilot family. <laughs> <laughs> One autopilot family. Hey, there's a show title for us. <laughs> <laughs> it is interesting to see how quickly we got it. I'm trying to figure out how how did we get it so quickly. The best thing I can come up with is, uh, you know, obviously the cars are made in batches, so we must have snuck in at the tail end of of one of the batches, and we we got really lucky and caught it because it was That's a awesome. two to four month window, and we got it. It's gonna be about five weeks. Oh, great! Wow, two Tesla family. <laughs> You're that bad. Wow. <laughs> 
Excellent. Well, we're really looking forward to that. It's too bad I'm not down there for the delivery, but you know, we've done that before, so we know what that's all about. But uh, that's great. So, wh what are you going to do for charging? Are you going to put a second wall connector in there or are you another NEMA 1450? Like, what are you doing? So, the plan is we're going to share the UMC for now because we've gotten two referrals to win the two oh, uh, high power wall chargers. So, I, you know, obviously, seeing from you, they take a couple of months to come. Um, well, they're shipping now. I, I don't know why, what it took so long. I mean, I was supposed to get it back in February or March, whatever, and they just kept delaying and delaying. And But now that they're shipping, uh, mm -hmm. there shouldn't be too much of an issue, hopefully, to get yours. Yep. So we'll we'll end up with two of those in the garage. But, you know, with what we drive, it's probably about two and a half hours of charge time a day. Well, She'll beat me much. home, plug in the car. After dinner, I'll plug in mine. We'll both top off every day. Any uh, opportunity for destination charging for uh, for her, you think, or not really? Neither of us, no. no. Not at least not not where we work, but Wow. With that kind of range I mean the distance you're going, it's not a yeah, you don't need right. it. Oh, that's great. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Well, you know, white rules. That's in my book, so that's my personal opinion. <laughs> You know what? For anyone who's worried out there, we have two kids in car seats, so we're going for it. Well, I'm looking forward to, to seeing that because <laughs> in my case, I mean, the car's nine months old and the seats still look brand new. I mean, when people tell me, you got white? I said, yeah. I mean, you just got to keep on top of it, right? I mean, yep. uh, I always tell people, you know, buying a black exterior, a black interior car is not an excuse not to clean it just because you can't see the dirt. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Cool. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Looking forward to it. Raul, uh, we have some other news here. Uh, we're, we finally got some information because one of the concerns we had last week, of course, talking to Ian, was the fact that um, only the Performance Model 3 with the Performance Package would uh, uh, get the, uh, the track mode, as they call it. Um, and, of course, people have been bugging Tesla in this situation. And finally, they fessed up, and Tesla has said that... Uh, uh, Tesla confirms it's working on an aftermarket Model 3 upgrade uh, performance package. So that's good news. Uh, we don't have any more details. This is on um, this is courtesy of CNET. So uh, basically it says if you think uh, if you didn't think to check the uh, the option box or the $5,000 performance upgrade package, then ordering your Model 3 performance, Tesla's working on a solution for you. So that's kind of the headline. At this point, we don't have any information. Of course, we don't know what the cost will be. Hopefully it won't be a penalty. Like, I mean, if you order uh, autopilot, of, of course, after the fact, if you don't buy it with the car, you have to pay a bit of a penalty. Um, don't know what the options will be, but I would suspect it'll be an option, you know, for wheels and the brakes and maybe some other stuff. So uh, maybe not quite as um, as feature feature um, complete as maybe ordering the car from the factory. But again, once we know this information, uh, we'll report on it. So it's good to see that. I mean, I. I Maybe they won't charge a penalty for the people who didn't order it when they first got their car, but going forward, maybe they'll do something. So There is something I'm there. seeing um, some people do, at least I'm seeing it on Twitter and on the forum a little bit, um, to offset the cost in the upgrade for those who really just don't want those 20s or they want to go aftermarket anyway. It looks like they're trying to you know, figure out if it's worth it to go for the upgrade and then just sell the 20-inch rims. They go for $4,000 brand yeah. new, so maybe you know a little bit less uh, offsets the upgrade. But then you get the brakes, the uh, track mode, suspension, spoiler, pedals. It could be worth it. Well, that's, that's something to look at. Well, that's exactly what Ian did, right? Because he managed to uh, to sell his wheels. He has a firm commitment on the wheels, so that allowed him right. to you know pull the trigger after the fact. So, just yeah, make sure your aftermarket good. wheels clear those brakes. Yeah, I mean, there's ongoing discussions on the forum, of course, uh, about the wheel situation. Um, I think Ian also uh, tweeted a photo using Berlin Game. I think it was today. And he uh, tweeted a photo. Somebody had done a, uh, an upgrade on the wheels, or not the wheels, but the brakes and the calipers from a Porsche. I don't know how the heck they manage that, but he's got a picture to prove it. So I'm sure he, uh, I don't know if he had calipers with him, but he was probably measuring stuff, taking a good look at that. So hopefully <laughs> um, I'll try to remember to Ian, uh, ask Ian about that next week when he's on the show to see uh, if he's got any clarifications on that particular situation. The next one here, Tesla. Uh, roadside assistance. Um, actually, no, I want to talk about the um, the left-hand drive Model 3 VINs that were registered for Europe. So there's an article on Clean Technica, and I'll put a, a link in the uh, in the video and in the, in, um, in the podcast description if you want to check this out. But apparently, it looks like Tesla registered 17 left-hand drive Model 3 VINs for Europe. And I mean, the only way to figure this out is to run some of the VINs that they've uh, got published here. And you can put them through a VIN decoder. And there is a digit in the, uh, the sixth digit uh, in the VIN decoder is the restraint system. And according to um, the VINs, uh, when they're decoded, it shows uh, the number seven. Um, and 
apparently the number seven is what Tesla uses for European restraint systems, according to the Model S. So, um, yeah, they were able to uh, to look at this and figure out that uh, they've registered at least 17 VINs. Now, the, the interesting part about this is the fact that um, the reason they think that it's really geared for the European market is not only just this VIN digit thing, but it also has to do with timing. Because they were saying the first time that they actually saw, um, let me see here, all-wheel drive. So they're going back here. I'm just going to read a little bit of the blurb here. The um, uh, all-wheel drive Model 3 more North American timeline. So in mid-October 2017, the first all-wheel drive uh, VINs were registered with NHTSA, uh, likely for internal testing and so on and so forth. And first deliveries began in uh, late July of 2018. So there's, there's a, a five-month span there. So if you do the timing with this, Five months out really puts us into very early of uh, 2019, which is, of course, uh, on Tesla's timeline as to when the European deliveries are supposed to uh, to start. Now, remember, this is left-hand drive cars, not right-hand drive cars. So, yeah, it's uh, I think the timing kind of works. You guys kind of agree on this? I mean, they've, they've registered 17 VINs, and the VINs are sequential, by the way, which is also interesting. They all start with uh, the last three digits start at 730, and they go up to 748. And um, apparently, to clean te- uh, according to Clean Technica, they also said that they have a tipster that said the VIN counting systems seem to have stopped at uh, 108,729, but in actuality, the current highest VIN is uh, 110,104, so it seems to have been missed due to European VINs being registered with NHTSA. That's over 1,000 VINs in between. So we know 17 to confirm. We don't know about the others and stuff, but it really bodes well, I think, for at least for testing, because when they take cars into different markets, they have to, you know, abide by regulation. So they have to test um, um, uh, various things like restraint systems, of course, and uh, mm-hmm. lights, um, you know, a variety of different things. You guys want to chime in on this? One? Well, I think it's important. And uh, hi, everybody. Welcome hey. to the podcast. <laughs> there you are. Um, so what I think is interesting is is really two uh, two parts of this. One is that we know that, and we've talked about this in recent shows, where um, in Australia and in other parts of the world, we're seeing the vehicles being brought over for showcasing so people can see the car and everything else. But the car is not being test-driven in those markets. It's just basically a show-and-tell car. Now you get to the point where we're seeing vehicles being driven in these markets for many purposes uh, to obviously test them for whatever Tesla does with them. And it's good to see that we're now at least getting to the point where those of you who are waiting in the EU and maybe even uh, further out uh, towards the east uh, in Asia, we're now seeing these cars uh, being made available for testing. And that's going to really bode well that if they can get the test done rather quickly and there is a comparable um, scenario where we're seeing that five-month window from testing to deliveries, then it isn't conceivable that in early 2019 that European uh, reservation holders will start taking deliveries of their cars, which will be a really, really big movement uh, heading into the year. And then you can see as we get through the summer and to the fall of next year that uh, we're seeing widespread distributions throughout the entire globe. Yeah, the other thing, too, I want to mention is that uh, Tesla has repeatedly said they're expecting mid-2019 deliveries for right-hand drive cars. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll have to keep an eye on on this. I mean, you know, there's a there's a, a, a Twitter feed out there that registers a lot of this stuff. But I would suspect probably January, February, we may see, if the timeline holds, we may see the first right-hand drive uh, VINs being registered. Um, and that's a check digit. What's the check digit? I think that's the fifth one or the first one. Let's just double check here. Um, <clears throat> you know, I had the VIN decoder open in front of me and I went and closed it. <laughs> that was a really dumb move on my part. Oh. While you're bringing it up, I'll, I'll just add that I think the the timing really seems to match up well with the drop off, the fifty percent level on the U.S. credit. So it all kind of makes sense. I would I would put money on yeah. standard range happening in Q1, European deliveries happening in you. I mean, I'm not an insider, so obviously <laughs> I might be wrong, but um, I would put money on those things starting. And I also, you know, if you really think about it, obviously production is picking up, but that should help ease some of the the craziness that's happening at the delivery centers in, especially in the U.S. and obviously in Canada as well. Um, with a certain percentage of those cars shipping out to Europe, would help ease some of that that overload and burden. So, yeah. I think it all kind of matches up with the timing of the. They got to maximize people getting the seventy five hundred dollars. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's home home base for Tesla, so that's the right thing to do. Um, and then start 
you know, firing away at cars going over to Europe and, and beyond. Yeah, so I just ran it through the VIN decoder here, and the fifth position digit is an E, and that indicates a left-hand drive car. I don't know what the right-hand drive one is. So uh, when we start getting some uh, other VINs registered and the check digit's a little different, we should see uh, first, um, you know, some indication of the right-hand drive car cars coming. So, yeah, it's looking good. <clears throat> uh, hopefully the, um, excuse me, hopefully the, uh, the ramp continues and that um, they can start getting these cars out. All right, well, the next little bit we want to talk about here is, of course, what I alluded to a little bit earlier here was the uh, Tesla roadside assistance uh, calls a customer minutes after an accident. This is according to uh, an article from Tesla Roddy. So as it goes, the story was a Vancouver resident um, uh, and his wife waited almost two years to get their car, and they got their, uh, their uh, long-range car, and they were planning a, uh, a vacation to go from Vancouver to San Diego and back. Um, Nothing was really happening until they hit Oregon, and a uh, Dodge truck hit them at going at about 40 miles per hour and uh, did some significant damage. I mean, apparently the truck was, like, really, really bad. Uh, the front end of the car was squished in. Um, the radiator was hanging out, so on and so forth. The Model 3 showed quite a bit less damage. Uh, they said multiple panels were dented and stuff, but a car, apart from a couple broken lights at the rear, the uh, structural integrity of the vehicle was not compromised in any way. So as he says, and I'll put a link in the uh, video description uh, and, of course, in the podcast if you want to watch. He did a little short video uh, talking about his experience, and he says that literally within about two minutes of getting out of the car, uh, Tesla called him on his phone, and they said... Um, uh, they they noticed that he was in a serious accident, and they wanted to make sure he was okay, and they assisted him, of course, getting the car into tow mode and so on and so forth to get it out. And then um, he went on to say, of course, after the fact, um, that when the first responder showed up, that they said that the car was damaged to the point that if he was in a regular car, he probably would have been dead or worse, which is uh, really goes to show how well these cars are built. But um, the other part of this, of course, he said that um, someone from engineering called him the very next day and asked him, um, if there was any way that they could uh, improve the car. They wanted to know if there was anything that uh, uh, they thought that, that, that could be improved in any shape or, or, or way. And uh, he said, I've never had that from any other car company. I understand why the people say that the uh, Tesla S, X, and 3 are actually the safest cars on the road. I, I really like this. I mean, I had an incident, of course, back in the wintertime when I had a problem with my window. And um, we got it fixed, not a problem. But a few days later, I got a call from someone identifying themselves as Tesla Engineering. They wanted to know what my thoughts were and, and stuff. So I thought that was interesting that they would reach out like that. You guys um, experienced anything like that? I mean, hopefully you've never been in an accident, of course. But <laughs> Well, I want to I give uh, first credit to Simon Alvarez for Tesserati, who got the story out there. Uh, it's, it's a really great story, and it really is um, sort of a supplement to the video that Peter put together on his own channel. Uh, and he also called the car Red Dragon, which is a great That's name a great for Model name. 3. It's a great name. Um, you know, when, when when you know about the S and X and what Tesla really wants to do for the safety of their cars. I mean, we've talked about it time and again that, you know, other than trying to accelerate sustainability, Tesla makes safety in their cars of, of paramount importance. And, you know, we're still, we're still seeing initial studies coming out regarding the crash test results for Model 3. There's nothing fully official yet in terms of the rating but all indications are that it is among the safest cars on the road and the only vehicle that beats model x in its safety rating is the s so the goal for tesla has always been to have the safest cars on the road period and if the model 3 is in that upper class with the s and x and stories like this keep coming out and we're seeing more and more people as the car gets out there in mass production and we're seeing more stories of people who just happen to be in accidents with the model three i um, i read a story recently where a lady was in a i want to say it was a blue model three um where the vehicle rolled over uh, a couple of times and the vehicle largely remained intact and she could actually walk away from the accident and, you know, again, similar stories of had this been most other cars, she probably would have had significant injuries, if not a fatality. So it's it's not surprising that this is the case. What really is kind of eye opening are people who don't really understand that this is what Tesla's now doing, which is really reaching out to customers like Peter and saying, listen, we're glad that you're able to talk about it. What can we learn from this? What are some things that maybe we can't really replicate in the laboratory or in a crash test facility? that we can learn from this to see how can we yet even make it better 
so that some of the damages that were incurred on your car, um, maybe in the injuries you sustained, if there's a way that we can actually make it better. And again, they're trying to learn from this now. So as you know, production continues, as they implement better safety features and the cars moving forward, it's all designed on trying to get that feedback in the moment and, and trying to implement it as quickly as they can, which is just phenomenal. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, when it comes to Tesla, there's a lot of ways where they, I mean, when it comes to safety, I'm pretty sure it's like the number one thing on the whiteboard. And of course, we haven't seen the actual uh, NHTSA or the IIHS's um, uh, crash testing on the Model 3 yet because those numbers are not official. But I would suspect that, you know, it wouldn't surprise me in the least. And I actually kind of expected that we get five-star rating in every category because Tesla doesn't fool around with this stuff. I mean, it took a year to get the Model X uh, ratings out. Of course, it came out with five stars across the board. So that's, that's, I'm looking forward to that. And I, I do remember talking to someone at Tesla and I forget who it was. It might've been at the factory last year. I was talking to an engineer and I, and I happened to mention about the safety thing. And they said that when they do their simulations, they said that when they do simulations of, of car testing and they crash the car, um, they find the weakest point in the car that didn't wear, and that's where they spend all their focus on. So they don't try to do the minimum that will pass a test. They actually crash it in any shape, way, or form that they do. And then if they find a weak point, they go back in there and they reinforce it. So I thought, oh, that's kind of interesting. It's a different take because, like I said, we've seen lots of accidents of other cars. There's been lots of videos, of course, on YouTube. Um, you know, cars, in all fairness, though, cars today are way, way safer than they were 50 years ago. You can see lots of YouTube videos of old 50s cars smashed. And, man, you would die, <laughs> right, because the steering wheel was all metal or the dash would chop your head off. I mean, cars are very safe today. No seatbelts. Yeah, exactly. So even having said that, I mean, uh, we're looking at a lot of safety things. There's a lot of inherent safety features that you get for free in a design what Tesla does, of course, when they basically design the whole front end as um, as a crumple zone, of course, because you're not dealing with an 800-pound worth of uh, a, a block of aluminum in the front that's going to encroach onto uh, into the passenger compartment in an accident. Mm-hmm. So, and, and let's face it, most accidents with cars are, are usually frontal, you know, because cars going in that direction. Um, but there is also a lot of advantages. I, I remember very distinctly last year when I was at the uh, delivery event, uh, they showed that video up on the white screen. Um, on the on the factory wall, where they um, they showed the intru- uh, side pole intrusion, and those are some of the worst ones you can actually see. And they did it against uh, what they thought was the, was the next safest car, which was a Volvo S40 or S60. I forget exactly what it is. I think it was S60. At, yeah, it was an X60. Okay, good. So, uh, and it's on the YouTube channel. And you can see it. And this pole went in. It looked like it was a good two feet into the car on the Volvo, and the Model Three, like it went in maybe three, maybe four inches at the most. A lot of that has to do, of course, because the battery pack is an integral structure of the car from a side impact. So, like I said, there's a lot of inherent design. So, glad to see that. Um, So, two things I would add, not related to accidents, but how feedback works with Tesla. And I think it's really impressive. My previous car, anytime I would bring it in for service, the um, service representative would tell me at the end, you know, give me back my keys. You're going to get a survey. I need to get a 10. I need to get a 10. I need to get a 10. If it's not a 10, oh, yeah. tell me, don't complete the survey. That whole so that thing. kind of defeats the purpose of a survey. Uh, so I have not experienced that at all with anyone at Tesla. And I've, I've had a decent number of services with an early VIN. Um, never. The only thing I've heard was, please tell us anything and everything and don't hold back. I thought that was impressive. Um, and the other thing is to remind everyone who's already got their cars, you can report bugs right through the car, which is an awesome way to get yeah, it is. feedback in, right? press down the voice control button on the steering wheel or on the screen, say bug report, and then you have to speak quickly, but say whatever it is, and it goes right in. Uh, who else gets feedback like that as quickly as they do? Yeah, that's a great feature. I've, I think I've used it a couple times. Yeah, great, great feature. Yeah, so it's good. I mean, I know exactly what you're talking about, you know, the whole the survey thing. That, that was a, that's a complete <laughs> turnoff, you know. That's just, you know, shouldn't be like that. If you did your job right, you wouldn't have to do a survey, right? FineLab has a line of protective coatings that were engineered to protect your Tesla's paint, leather, carpet, plastic, and wheels, effectively blocking all those UV rays and environmental factors before they ever get to ruin your brand new baby. FineLab offers a complete line of car care products and ceramic coatings for both the do-it-yourselfer and professional detailers. Did we mention we also have the world's first self-healing coating? Check us out at FineLab.com, that's spelled F-E-Y-N-L-A-B, to see the science behind the self-healing. Check out our product catalog and click contact us for a free quote from a certified installer in your area. Fine Lab and Tesla, 
we were meant for each other. This is the big one. Um, firmware 9 is coming. Uh, now, it's been a delayed a little bit. Elon did put out a little bit of a tweet saying that it's an early alpha right now, and they expect it to come out uh, closer to the end of the month. But luckily for us, and we've got some pictures, uh, some early pictures of the um, firmware, and I'll put them up here if you want to see them, uh, courtesy of Jason Hughes. He's a well-known Tesla hacker who's uh, done all kinds of things with the car. And... You know, it, we're looking at some changes from the user interface, and the consensus from looking at some of these pictures is that what they're doing is that they're unifying the user interface, especially for Model S and X. They are mirroring some of the design elements that they've uh, pioneered with the Model 3, and I think that's excellent mm -hmm. because I'll be honest, um, on my car, as nice as the screen is, there are times, especially with this picture, here I'll put this one up here, of the settings. The <laughs> settings on the Model 3 are so well laid out. Um, and even on my car, when I go into settings, I'm always hunting and pecking. I'm like, it's like, oh, where is it again? And you're hunting around. It drives me crazy. So I'm glad to see uh, this. It's something I always expected them to do uh, sooner rather than later, but I'm glad to see that in uh, version 9. So you can see here in this screen that uh, most of the settings are on tabs on the left-hand side, much like the Model 3 is, of course. Um, there's some also some interesting bits, of course, that they've removed um the buttons along the top so all the little apps and stuff like the backup camera and uh, the media and stuff have all moved down to the bottom of the screen here i'll zoom in on this little uh, just zoom in here i'll scale it up a bit so you guys can see it a little better there we go so on the bottom left hand corner that's the you tap the uh the, you know the car icon that brings up the settings the second one is your media player so now we, we're getting a squished down media player, much like the Model 3, where it gives you a little card down at the bottom. I'm sure you can just swipe up and make it a little bigger. So that's good to see. I like that. Um, but the first time I saw the screenshots, I was like, well, how are we going to get to the rest of the settings, like uh, you know the backup camera? Well, that's where the second icon comes in. You press the little three little dots, and then you get a little overlay. And it gives us the calendar, the energy, web browser, camera phone, and the charge port, which is, which is okay. You're not going to get to those too often. But um, in a subsequent tweet, or uh, where was it, the information and stuff, that some of that stuff is finally coming to the Model 3. Uh, we know about the calendar, right, Michael? We do. Elon yeah. confirmed. He's, yeah, exactly. Uh, he replies to exactly. me. So uh, the web browser and the energy are the two last remaining little bits, I think, out of the Model 3. And, uh, you know, I'm going to stand corrected here because I've been putting it out there for some time. I thought, you know, we're just not going to see that web browser on the Model 3. And uh, lo and behold, looks like it's coming. So it just goes to show in some ways that uh, they weren't 100% uh, finished with the software. Uh, the next little one here, I want to show you another one here. We'll talk about it here in a second. Uh, Jason pulled this out of the uh, the firmware. And uh, there's your auto steer and you got your summon. But the next one in the middle is drive on nav. Uh, we'll talk about that here in a second because I just want to show everybody. Well, maybe, no, you know what? Let's talk about this now and I'll show you the very last one at the end. Uh, so drive on nav. Um, we've had this discussion before, and one of the last little bits that's missing out of enhanced autopilot, because you know Tesla has been confusing things a little bit. They've been saying, you know, the first little bits of uh, full self driving are coming, but if you look at na drive on nav and you compare it against Tesla's uh, autopilot website, there are two critical areas that are still not in enhanced autopilot. One is uh, auto steer plus, which is being able to navigate streets a little bit, um, you know, tighter curves and stuff. And the other one is on-ramp to off-ramp, which is type in a destination, and if you're in the correct lanes, uh, the car will actually move into the correct lanes as much as possible. Apparently, according to an article at Electric, that you won't necessarily need mm -hmm. to use the flasher for this function as long as the car... Um, uh, the car will alert you if you type in a destination... Here's the bottom line. If you type in a destination... Um, right now, the car will not follow that for on-ramp and off-ramp. Apparently, this update will enable that to do that, but it will start prompting you in advance. You need to get over into this lane because we're, you know, we're following the nav and we have to take this exit. And apparently, according to uh, a tipster that uh, spoke to Fred at Electric, they said that you'll be using primarily the autopilot stock to initiate some of the turns. So not necessarily your turn signal but it'll be more geared for the autopilot stock. So, of course, on the Model 3, it'll be double tap anyways, but on the S and the X, that's what we're looking at. So, any thoughts on this? I mean, this 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 switch over to uh, some of the extra features for um, Enhanced Autopilot? Go ahead, guys. Michael, I'll let you go first. Okay. <laughs> I was going to let you go first. We're too nice to each other. 
Um, well, first thing I want to say is um, I'm really excited for the S and the X, and uh, I feel like I'm in a safe place to say this since Trev's getting this software in a couple of weeks. Uh, I had a Model S loaner, and I could not figure out how to use the screen at all. Oh, so you know what I'm talking about. Uh, I could not figure, and I couldn't figure out how to open the charge port. Um, obviously, I got it, but um, I'm so really excited that we're going to be unified, and I think the the UI is really user friendly. So I'm excited about that for all of the cars. Um, yeah, I, I'm really excited for all of it. The drive on nav, especially, I think that's uh, that's an awesome feature. I was worried it was going to be a the first full self drive exclusive, so I'm happy you corrected me on that, and, and I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> um, I think it, it it seems like it's going to function almost like the Homelink, where Homelink says, "Hey, I'm about to open the door, but it's going to do it no matter yeah. what, unless you skip." This will be the opposite. Hey, we're going to exit. Um, you've got to confirm you really want to, mm-hmm. and then it'll do it. So I think that's a that's a nice touch, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Yeah, it's important to remember too that these features have to come before full self driving because they're on the autopilot page, right? So uh, uh, full self driving will build on you know what they're doing with this, which is which is good. And I'm actually really glad to see that the the setting screen is finally getting a makeover because it's a true mess right now. It's just like they just kept throwing buttons in there, and they didn't really think about layout. They just said, you oh, know, we'll move things around a little bit and put it in there but it just goes to show in a lot of ways that they actually spend a lot more time and energy i think especially with the model 3 on the screen layout and where the controls are now it's not to say that they're not changing because they're still evolving we've seen that many many times and of course we're still hoping that the nav directions come to the left hand side of the screen rather than the right hand side so i'm glad to see that that they're finally doing that um and the other thing too, you got to look down the future. Of course, we already, you know, got that hint. Of course, from Electric that uh, we're looking at interior refresh of the S and the X sometime in the third quarter of next year, where they're going to the single screen. Well, not the single screen, but the horizontal screen in the middle of the car, rather than the uh, vertical layout that they have in the S and the X right now. So, doing some of this um, user interface changes and stuff um, makes that transition a little bit easier, I think, um, for some of the programmers, of course, now because now we're dealing with the same MCU. Uh, and when I say MCU, I'm talking about the the Intel chip that drives the S and the X now, in addition to the three. So it just everything's starting to come together now. The the picture is becoming very clear on on that front. So having said that, I want to put out one more screenshot, and this is the biggie. Uh, here's the first screenshot of Asteroids. <laughs> uh, we haven't seen any of the others. Apparently, we're still waiting for uh, Missile Command, Tempest, and. Um, Pole position. pole position. Pole position. Yes, I'd like to see that. So I think this this is this is going to be a lot of fun. You know, be able. I don't know how we're going to be able to control things. It might be just be tap or something on the screen. But there you go. There's the uh, 1979 Atari Incorporated. Ah, <laughs> uh, good old days, right? I spent a lot. So of let money. me uh, let me chime in here with uh, my thoughts uh, now that the last screenshot's been put up there. So first and foremost, if you are listening to this uh, via podcast, we do encourage you guys to at some point go ahead and uh, go to the YouTube channel and look at the links that uh, Travel put up there, so you can see the images for yourselves if you haven't already done so. Um, but my two thoughts on the uh, UI first. So one, it's great to see that they're trying to unify the UI across all the vehicles. Uh, I'm sure we'll see a lot of this too in the semi as production ramps up on that vehicle as well. And it's to me, it's, it's just a beautiful layout. Um, you know, I, 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 I sit in the SNX all the time and you know, when I look at the menu, it just looks very archaic uh, in terms of how the icons look, in terms of how the layout's set up. Uh, I'm, I'm with you two gentlemen that it's, it's sometimes it's difficult to go, wait, wh- where was that? I know I saw that somewhere. What menu is it under? Ugh. You know, the, the Model 3 menu makes it very simple. All the categories on the left, you simply just pick the category. It's like, aha, there it is. So it's going to be great now that we're seeing that uh, with the vertical layout uh, in the SNX. The second part with the UI, I think, is also great, is it is just a nice, clean presentation. I mean, uh, if you're looking at the podcast uh, via YouTube right now, you'll actually see the uh, screenshot that Trevor put up there. It, you know, it, it just makes sense the way that's all set up. Rather than have separate screens for controls and settings, it's all together on the left-hand side, easy to see it. And what will be interesting to see moving forward is right now in the Model 3, we do know that the icon for camera, for your charging settings, and for voice control are all set on the bottom left-hand side where your cards are and we may see these final changes uh you know sort of get tweaked as the uh they start ramping out deployments so the um bottom 
of the uh, monolith next menu where the three dots are in the circle yeah. that could certainly change its position it could change its presentation and everything else but it wouldn't surprise me too if we start seeing now with calendar energy and web uh, being made available for the model three coming out uh, with version nine that some element of the s and x uh configuration for its menus makes its way to the model three so we'll see how that uh, how that turns out yep. now as far as the the uh drive on nav for me, I will say that uh, you know I drive on the highway for about thirty miles each way to and from home to my my office, and I think that drive on Av is great for some people. I'm not sure it's going to be utilized by everybody, but I will say that it is going to take a little bit of learning curve when it oh, first yeah. comes out. Just to you, because I mean, ideally now I'm used to the turn signal on my left side. Now I have to use the autopilot stock on the right, and and I'm pretty adept that I usually just get into the HOV lane and just take it straight through. Where Michael and I live here in Florida, you're able to apply when you have um, uh, an electric vehicle, you can actually get a decal in the back of your car that allows you to stay in the HOV lane regardless of the time of day. So many a morning when I'm trying to go to work, I'm not really hitting any traffic problems because I'm in the left lane. So I get to kind of avoid all the traffic. But it will be interesting to see is autopilot somehow looking at traffic somehow and figuring out you need to get into lane number two. You need to go to lane number three. And however it is, make sure we get to the exit timely if it's based on your speed, if it's based on traffic conditions. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that all works uh, with the navigation. But all in all, it's all great news as we're getting closer and closer to full self-driving becoming available down the road. Uh, but seeing autopilot finally get some extra enhancements on the software end uh, that I think will make the experience uh, even more enjoyable. Yeah, apparently what's happening here on the screens is that the nav now, and unfortunately I don't have a better picture. Let me just put this one up one more time here and I'll just scratch it down. Yeah, Jason had a better picture, or um, and I don't have it here in front of me, but it basically shows that the nav takes more of a center screen. So the nav is more like full screen all the time. And much like the Model 3, when you bring up the, uh, uh, the camera, it puts it in like a little bit of a floating window, like a modal window. Uh, and apparently that's what's going to happen with the browser and the other things is that you're still going to be able to see the nav in the background, but these other apps, instead of doing the full split screen that you see in the Model S and the X right now, it'll be more of an overlay. So navs is really taking more of a front and center approach of everything, and everything else becomes a, a more of an overlay. And if you think about it, uh, going forward, of course, you know, with the, with the purpose of going towards uh, full self-driving, that uh, it makes sense because eventually, you know, that's going to be more, there's going to be more and more emphasis put on the navigation system, including, like you said, uh, traffic, of course, they're going to have to take that into account. Um, improvements in the visual system of the, of the uh, neural network, of course, being able to recognize more of the world around us. So, yeah, really, you know what, out of all the software updates I've seen so far, this is the one I'm really excited about. I'm really, really looking forward to this because it finally cleans up a lot of the stuff that's been bugging me and it just really shows that they still care and, um, yeah, really looking forward to this one. Okay, uh, last little one we're going to talk about tonight. Um, of course, uh, there's been a lot of talk about Tesla trying to get to 6,000 cars by the end of August. Well, of course, we're September now, and according to an article at Electric, it looks like Tesla has slightly missed that target. They might have been able to do a burst rate, but uh, it hasn't happened yet. So um, it looks like they're still producing... Um, uh, apparently 53,000 vehicles, including over 37,000 Model 3s um, in the Q3 as of Friday. And this article was published on September 2nd, so it's a couple, a few days old. But uh, still looking good. At the end of the day, you really got to think um, what really matters is uh, deliveries. And of course, you know, we still know that there's a lot of uh, S and X in inventory right now. So there's a lot of push towards uh, getting those cars out there. But I still think they're on target to be able to, uh, to do some of this stuff. So uh, at the end of the day, the, the most important part, like I said, is the deliveries because that's where they can realize the profits on all these cars. So, uh, you know, it's been a lot of push of, of course, especially in, in Q3 and, of course, going forward to be as profitable as possible, as quickly as possible. They're tightening up their belts everywhere they can uh, to try and get this to happen. So I believe they will. It's just a matter of how much. Um, but things are, you know, still progressing. What do you guys, uh, anything um, you want to add in on this? It makes me excited to see it. I think it's great. Um, you know, when when it's a very ambitious goal to do that, and and Tesla's really kind of approaching these milestones for the very first time with Model 3, they really never did it before with S and X, uh, based on those production ramp-ups. You know, it's, it's, 
when you when you set such a high aspirational goal and you come ever so close but don't accomplish it, it's still worth celebrating that you were able to do what you did. Uh, you know, there was there was those infamous photos that got uh, sent out by Tesla shortly after they hit five thousand per week uh, many weeks ago. And it was a great celebration even then. And even if they didn't continue that trend for the remainder of the quarter, to still produce 5,000 cars in a week is something that's really, really worth celebrating. Um, you know, Tesla's still a very young company, and they're learning things as they go along. I mean, we've talked before, and I know, Trev, you've, you've mentioned this a number of times, both on your own shows and now with this podcast, that Elon's even taking some automation out from the lines just because they're learning as they go. So, you know, if, if they if they get to 6,000 two weeks from now or they do it two months from now, uh, you know, we'll celebrate it then. But, uh, you know, I, to me, this is nothing just short of incredible and, and it's, it's worth talking about. Well, you got to put it in perspective because I remember when I was watching the Model S being developed, I mean, they put out a big hoopla when they make 400 cars in a, in a month. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, we've come a long way since then. And it's not stopping. I mean, just because they missed a little bit of a target doesn't mean, I mean, when they first started building the cars, they were making a couple hundred. And now they're making over 5,000 cars a week. So it's not like they're going to stop and, and they're not going to reach their goals. It's just taking a little longer than they, than they are. But they're still delivering cars. Uh, they're still going to be realizing some profits. And of course, you know, it bothers me to no end to see the shorts on the internet uh, complain about this stuff. But the fact is, is that, uh, you know, these production numbers, all these cars, you have to remember, all these cars are sold, right? And we're talking a mix of both rear-wheel drive, all-wheel drive, and performance Model 3. They're all, be- they're all sold cars. They're going to customers. And um, we haven't even seen the base model yet. And we haven't opened up right. deliveries to Europe or the Asia-Pacific countries. So this thing is going crazy. I mean, the Model 3 is already the best-selling uh, sedan in its class in North America. It's, it's I mean, um, uh, inside, uh, is it, yeah, it's inside EVs, and they, they have a really good track record. They're, they're within, like, dozens of cars when they come up with their numbers mm-hmm. every month. And the Model 3 is decimating, decimating the competition. That can't be good. I would not want to be um, any one of those executives in those boardrooms at the incumbent companies, because you can just imagine what's going on. And, and we're talking about electric car here. We're talking uh, against, I mean, the competition with the Model 3 is not other electric cars. It's everything. And that's just astounding. That's just I mean, astounding. Model Model 3 alone in August outsold all of BMW in North America. Not like, not like the, the, like, all of BMW, you can, their SUVs, their cars, everything. And that is just amazing to think about, you know? So I was going to actually mention this later in the show, but I think this is kind of a good spot to talk about it is I want to get into the story that I've seen on Twitter this week with the hashtag Tesla killer, uh, oh. in, in the wake of the Mercedes SUV. Mm-hmm. So I want to, I want to throw this out there. Okay, I, I didn't know how, I didn't know how to convey this on Twitter. So this is kind of a good forum to do that. So, for those of you who are listening and those of you who are watching, I appreciate this. Share if you must, but uh, here are my two cents on this on the subject. So, there are a number of people who look at what Mercedes announced, and some people made a mockery, some people celebrated, some people talked about being the Tesla killer and everything else. My immediate reaction was, good for Mercedes. Good for them for acknowledging that there is a market in America for people wanting to get into electric vehicles, that offering competition is a great thing. It's a wonderful thing because maybe there are people who are brand loyalists. You know, I I encounter people all the time who are like, listen, I've had Audi for X number of years. I've driven BMW for so many years. I've had Volkswagen for so many years. And, you know, the thought of getting into any car other than that brand scares them. They're sort of like paranoid and worried about it. And... If you have Tesla, who's out there putting out what we believe, and again, this is this is three guys on a podcast, and I know Ian's out there sort of shaking his head, like, <laughs> yes, rigorously going yes. You know, we, we know that they're putting out what we think is the greatest vehicle, period, of any class, any design at all. And so with that in mind, it's good to see their companies acknowledging you know what, maybe we really should go electric here and trying to find ways to get these cars mass produced on the market as fast as they can. I mean, look, we, we talked in a recent show that the Toyota Prius, as great a car as it was for its time, is now sort of outdated. Oh, it's and past its prime. Right. There's a need to kind of redo it. So when you're hearing Honda trying to get out there, when you're and General Motors for a while was trying to get back into the EV market. And we saw that now with the Volt and the Bolt. So there's there's a lot to be said for the competition trying to do this. And I remember a friend of mine said, 
look, I, I don't know if this is really the best car. I'm like, and look, it's obviously got its limitations, but it's a start. They're doing something about mm-hmm. the conversation, trying to make their way through. Look, if you ask people who live in California, um, what's the best burger joint? They're going to have an argument with the best burger place <laughs> is competition is good. It doesn't matter if they can't beat Tesla, if they can't match the same range, if they can't do the same charging capacity, if they don't have the infrastructure. The fact that they're trying to put out there what the consumers are commanding they provide is a good thing. So if Tesla doesn't have 6,000 cars per week, okay, great. If if they're now the fifth or in the top five of the most sold cars in the U.S., awesome. Then let all these other manufacturers now do something about it and ideally do what we as owners, we as consumers, we as people who buy these cars want to see happen is like, look, man, we know the earth has got a problem. You know, whether you believe in climate change or not, the, the reality is it's there. 98 some odd percent of scientists are telling you it's actually a happening thing. So if all these companies recognize, you know what, if we don't do something now, we're going to either be in the dust far behind all these other companies or we're going to risk bankruptcy, whatever it is. Do what you have to do. I don't care if it's for the stockholders. I don't care if it's for the environment. I don't care if it's for the investors, whatever it is. If companies like Mercedes are putting out products like this, good for them. So hats off to you, Mercedes. Even if it's not anywhere near close to what the Model X can do, good for you. That's it. That's my piece. Well, there you have it. Thanks, Eric. That's me tough to follow. <laughs> Well, you know, we're waiting for Audi, right? Audi with the e-tron uh, due to drop mm-hmm, any yeah. any day now. Uh, but That's how we could afford with a Mustang-esque vehicle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, we it wasn't on the list of the things to talk about, but they, uh, they certainly floated the idea with uh, calling it a Mach 1, of course. And, of course, the, you know, the... Uh, the, the the Mustang fans flipped out. They, they they decided not to do that name after the fact. Anyways, but it's just good to see that, you know, now we're starting to see just the slightest hints, especially from a company like Ford, who's been oddly silent on the whole situation, that they're finally working on something. But the thing is, they can't let up because next year we're going to start seeing some stuff from Volkswagen. And, of course, you know, everybody's going to be like, ah, and then Model Y is going to drop. And it's just going to be like, mm-hmm. holy cow. Because in North America, the number one selling type of car is an SUV, small SUVs, of course. Um, so, yeah, in some ways, I kind of wonder why Tesla went with a sedan first. But, hey, you know, we're not in the boardroom making those decisions. But I think when the Model Y drops, it's just going to be like, whoa. Because <laughs> you think reservations for the Model 3 are big. Wait till you, I think the Model Y is going to. Uh, certainly eclipse that. But yeah, you're absolutely right. I agree. Uh, more EVs are better. We need everyone on board, including all the other manufacturers. I just hope that they realize that there is a demand out there and uh, that they can get their production chops up because, of course, Tesla's got the only you know largest battery factory in the world that's you know geared to make 500,000 cars a year. And the other manufacturers, they're on board. They're making cars. But a lot of ways, if you look at their production numbers, they're doing 25,000, 30,000. Okay, you have to start somewhere. Um, but um, hopefully the market will will rise up and ask for more. And uh, um, what did I say? You know, Ford was saying they want to have some um, twenty models by twenty twenty three. And um, yeah. you know, Mercedes is going to have two other cars on this um, EQC type platform. Uh, we got uh, Volkswagen coming out with uh, more stuff on their ME. Uh, I think it's called the MEB platform. Uh, yeah. So and and it's like all skateboard type designs like Tesla, which is of course the the correct way of making an EV. So really Faraday features back yeah, in the mix. Yeah, Faraday. Back in the mix. Yeah, well, they're kind of a niche player. They're they're attacking a market that Tesla in, is not. Well, in some ways, they're going after. Um, they were quite quiet for like the longest time. They, of course, they were in uh, some financial woes and stuff. But it looks like they got a cash infusion, and uh, mm-hmm. they're starting to, um, you know, to build out their factory. Of course, you got SF Motors down in California too. That seems to be getting some attention. So. Looking forward to it. The more, the merrier. Um, yeah, in the I mean, we're, we're seeing a lot more prototypes at auto shows, which is, I think, also really great. And also, I want to make sure I mention this without forgetting, is that Sandy Munro, in his recent uh, teardown of the Model 3, while he had some not-so-great things to say about certain things, the one thing he did say that Tesla is doing better than anybody else is their tech. Oh, yeah. The technology of the Model 3, and especially with all the vehicles that Tesla has, is far and away ahead of the competition. So even if we're, I mean, look, Tesla has been doing this now for almost 15 years. 
from when they first had this concept. And their proof of concept car is now going to have a new version coming out, hopefully in a couple of years. That's just going to blow everything we know out of the water. So, you know, I'm, it's, it's, I mean, what else can you really say in, in terms of just like, they're they're doing it right. They're doing it better than anybody else, and it's good that there's more competition. Because if anything, it's going to push Tesla to really kind of see what they can do to stretch their legs and make their products even better. And the refresh for next year will be a great welcome sight because now it's really going to take people who maybe wanted that Model Three sort of look, but in the S and X vehicles. So it's going to open up a whole new uh, fleet of cars for people that maybe just didn't like the way the cars are now. Yeah, it's a demand lever, right? They got to yeah. keep things fresh, and uh, you know Tesla doesn't upgrade. Levers? The- There's no. We don't want levers in the car. Not for no, the no, buttons no. and you gadgets. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it's good. I mean, you got to keep things fresh. I mean, uh, Tesla unfortunately doesn't have resources to do yearly refreshes on the cars. They usually do little refreshes every two to three years, whatever. And of course, a big redesign is taking a little longer than we expected. But hey, you know what? If the car still looks great, I mean, I see Model S's all the time, and even though the car's six years old, it still looks great. I mean. Out of all the colors, when I see a white one, I actually like it better. And you know, I know this is heresy for some people, but I actually like the older Model S with the with the black nose cone, especially if the car's yeah. in white. It looks so good. I think it's you just said midnight concept. silver, right? I think that's what I heard. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just my opinion, now, of course. And you know, it's worth this much, so whatever. I saw I saw one the other day in like champagne. I'm like, this is kind of a nice color. Titanium silver. Yeah. Don't talk about titanium silver. I'm still upset, <laughs> I'm still upset the about them. Disc- yeah, I'm still <laughs> upset about that color. Hey, you know what? I'm happy with the white, but if I had a choice, titanium silver would have made the first. There are always color. car wraps, Trevor. There's always car uh, wraps. Yeah, it's not really my thing. Although uh, my friend uh, Fabian might uh, might twist my arm someday. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Well, that's it for the end of the show, guys. Uh, let's give everybody an opportunity to check you out on the uh, interwebs and stuff. Where can people find you, Eric, as usual? Hi, everyone. So thanks so much for all the new followers. I really appreciate it. Uh, for those of you that want to find me on Twitter, uh, you can find me at the handle ECFIX. That is E-C-F-I-X. How about you, Michael? Where can people find you? All right. <clears throat> well, you can all find me on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, at Tesla-tunity. I've got the logo up there. I saw that. And I uh, want to give a shout out to Ian, who's not on the show, Weapons of Mass Adoption. I Check love it, it. I love sure it. Trevor will have a link. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the link will be in the video in the podcast description. You can tech, uh, check out his, uh, his site at Teespring. So, yeah, I love that shirt. It's looking really cool. All right. Well, that's the end of the show. And, of course, you can follow me as usual. My Twitter handle is at Model3Owners, and you can check out our forum, which is operating. I want to say apologies for the last few days. We've been having a lot of trouble because growth is a painful thing. I've had to upgrade our plan. And uh, as of today, this afternoon, I think I finally got it nailed. <laughs> so oh, I, think that was, I think that was my fault. I uh, caused a lot of new uh, people joining for the sunglass we've, tray. Yeah, we've had a lot of people join because of that. <laughs> so uh, thank you to everybody who's joined the forum. Please, it's totally free. You can just come in and check it out. In my opinion, it really is the best place to talk about Model 3. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of people on Facebook and stuff. But Facebook, as you know, is really difficult to search and stuff. Everything's really nice on the forum. So uh, please consider joining. I uh, want to say a big thank you to all of our Patreon sponsors, and you can find that at patreon.com forward slash Model 3 Owners Club. They're the guys that make this thing happen. And uh, that's it. We'll catch you on the next one, and thanks for watching, everybody. We'll see you next time.